This is the Relic Radio Show, old-time radio entertainment still standing the test of time from RelicRadio.com. This is the Relic Radio Show, 60 minutes of radio drama every Tuesday at RelicRadio.com. We've only got one story for you this week because it's an hour long. It's from the Theater Guild on the Air a series that aired over ABC and NBC stations from September of 1945 to June of 1953. Our story is Ladies in Retirement. This one aired March 30th, 1947. Dear Drew Pearson on KECA at 8 p.m. United States Steel, USS, the industrial family that serves the nation, presents the Theater Guild on the air. Pay Bainter, our play, Ladies in Retirement, by Edward Percy and Reginald Denham. Produced on the air tonight by the Theater Guild, one of America's foremost theatrical producers. Every day, everywhere, you are served by products of steel. In your home, in your business, in your travel. The trademark of United States Steel, U.S.S., on any steel product is your guide to quality steel. And now, from Broadway, direct from the stage of the Vanderbilt Theater, the United States Steel Corporation brings you Ladies in Retirement, by Edward Percy and Reginald Denham. Roger Pryor, who usually speaks for the Theater Guild, is rehearsing a new play. And in his place tonight, here is Roland Winters. Good evening. Tonight's Theater Guild on the Air production is one of the proofs that truth is more spine-tingling than fiction. For Ladies in Retirement is a play of which Edward Percy and Reginald Denham based on an actual case. To play Ellen Creed, we have the famous star of stage and screen, Miss Faye Bainter. Featured as her sisters are Estelle Winwood from the cast of Lady Windermere's Fan, who, as Louisa, is recreating her original stage role, and Mildred Dunnock from the cast of Another Part of the Forest, who plays Maggie. Jack Merrivale is featured as Albert Feather. And now the Theatre Guild on the Air presents Ladies in Retirement by Edward Percy and Reginald Denham. <laughs> Below the town of Gravesend, England, in the Thames marshes, stands a house. At night in the fog, the house bulks formless and forbidding and mysterious. Inside, it's gloomy and damp and chill. Nobody lives there. Not now. People say the house is haunted. They say that voices can be heard in that house. I dislike your sister's intensely, Ellen. That is the voice of Leonora Fisk, who lived in this house in 1885. She is speaking to her housekeeper companion, Ellen Creed. 
But, Leonora, what harm are my sisters doing you? How can you be so cruel to them? And that is the voice of Ellen Creed. Ellen, we hate Leonora Fisk. Yes, we hate Leonora Fisk. And those are the voices of Maggie and Louisa, sisters of Ellen Creed. There's been murder done in this house. You can't fool me. There's been murder done here. That is the voice of Albert, Ellen Creed's nephew. And all those voices are the voices of people long dead. This is their story. ready to go. Yes. I'll miss you. I'll be lonely here. Well, I should be back in a week, and mercy, it won't be lonely then. There'll be four of Yes, that's right. For two or three weeks, anyhow. Yes. Uh, you know, Ellen, you haven't actually told me very much about your sisters. Oh, I, I'm glad you're bringing them here. I'm anxious to meet them. And yet I know nothing about them at all. They're darlings. They're two dears, even though... Even though... Uh, well, I, I, I don't know why I said even though... You'll love them, Leonora. You'll see. You know, you speak protectively about them. As though they were sick. I always have felt protective toward them. They're older than I am, but, well, they're frail. Miss Ellen, Mum, you'd best hurry. Bates is waiting with the track. Well, goodbye, Leonora. Oh, goodbye. And hurry back with your sisters, Ellen. I'll be lonely. How did you get in here? Through the door. You're insolent, aren't you? Not really. After all, I have a right here. I'm Miss Ellen Creed's nephew. Oh, you're Albert. Albert Feather, that's me. The one who works in the bank at Graves Inn. Yes. Uh, that's rather what I've come to see Aunt Ellen about. How long shall I have to wait for her? About a week, I think. A week? Yes. She's gone to London. Oh, that's done it. That's proper done it. What's the matter? Can I help? Well, I don't know. I don't know who you are or what you're doing in my aunt's house. Who told you it was your aunt's house? Well, isn't it? No, it's my house. Oh? And your aunt's living with me is my housekeeper companion. Well, I'm blown. The artful old geezer. She has led the family up the garden path. Well, don't say anything about it to her. You see, the poor old dear's lost most of a little bit of money. I expect she doesn't want you to know she's come down in the world. Oh, she's lost her money? Yes. You sound disappointed. You wanted to borrow some, didn't you? I had to borrow some. Well, if it's not much... Twelve pounds. Oh, that's a lot of money, Albert. I have a debt. Won't it wait? No, I must have it by tonight. Why? Huh. Have you been taking from the bank, bank, Albert? Have you? Oh, it means the jug if they find out. I'm sure Aunt Ellen will pay you Uh, back if... I'd like to spare your Aunt Ellen. What have you been spending the money on? Cards? Raping? No. A girl. An actress. Ah. There was a company in Hammersmith last week. Ah, the old grand, I suppose. Well, I played there years ago. You were an actress? Leonora's here. Front row of the chorus, fourth and the right. 
I should think you'd find it awfully quiet, the way out here. At my age, peacefulness is most desirable. <laughs> and I dare say now, even the most nearsighted gentleman wouldn't care to see me in tight. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks as though you did all right for yourself, owning this house and all. Oh, I have no complaints. Well, Albert, so found you say? You mean you'd lend it to me? I'll lend it to your Aunt Ellen. Wait a minute, I must run upstairs and get the keys to my cash box. You're a lifesaver. Well, who are you? Oh, don't stop playing. Well, my pretty, you're a nice surprise. You're a surprise, too. I thought it was Miss Fisk. She always plays Tit Willow. It's her favorite song. Well, aren't you glad it's me instead of a red-headed old woman? Red-wigged old woman, you mean. Oh, so it is a wig. <laughs> I wondered. What's your name? Lucy. Who are you? I'm Albert, Miss Creed's nephew. Well, Lucy, you and me should get better acquainted. You are a fresh one. Shh, do be careful. Miss Creed's coming. <laughs> Lucy's quite a nice looker, isn't she, Albert? I'm sure I didn't notice. Oh, come, Albert. <laughs> Where are you going? To my safe. In the fireplace? Yes. I just put a heavy padlock on the latch of the old bake oven and... Voila, I had a safe. My word. What an oven. Big enough to roast an ox in. Uh, here you are. Put the cash box on the table for me, will you? Righto. Now then, Albert. Twelve pounds, eh? Yes. Uh, you couldn't make it fifteen, could you? I could not. Oh, all right. You are a trump, anyway. I'll never forget your kindness as long as I live. <laughs> well, I hope you'll live much longer than that. Oh, b by the by, I shan't mention your call to your Aunt Helen. It's only barrier. Oh, I say I'd be awfully obliged if you didn't. Albert... Tell me about your aunt, Aunt Maggie and Aunt Louisa. You don't know the old girl? Oh, no, I don't. Oh, but they're coming here to visit. That's why Ellen's on her way to London now. She's gone to fetch them. You're going to have them here? Yes. <laughs> I wish you joy. Why do you say that? Has Aunt Ellen told you very much about them? Not much. She seems very protective towards them. I've gathered they're sickly. Sickly? <laughs> Let me tell you something, Miss Fisk. Something Aunt Ellen should have told you. What? My aunt, Maggie and Louisa... A balmy. Completely balmy. Oh, Ellen, my dear, welcome home. Hello, Leonora. These are my sisters. Uh, come right in, all of you. How do you do? Oh, this would be Louisa. No, I'm Maggie, and I'd like a cup of tea. <laughs> well, you shall have it, Maggie. I'm Louisa, Miss oh, oh, yes. Uh, well, did you three have a pleasant train ride down from the city? We got on splendidly, Leonora. Oh, we had such fun. Ellen let me put my head out of the window until I got a cinder in my eye. It served Louisa right. Oh, Maggie! Just look at the size of that fireplace. You didn't tell us, Ellen, that you had such a large one. Oh, I want to see everything. Calm yourself, Louisa, dear. You'll excuse her, Leonora. She's like a child with a new toy. Yeah, Lucy, put that uh, luggage upstairs and we'll have our lunch presently. Yes, please. I smell fish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's what we're having, Maggie. Fresh haddock. We don't mind, Miss Fisk. We like fish. I don't. That'll do, Maggie. You girls go up with Lucy and she'll show you where to tidy up. I'll be along in a moment. Exactly. Ellen says I can go to the shore and hunt seashells. Seashells? Maggie collects things. I just love this house. It's so big and cozy. Mm, I'm delighted, Louisa. Oh, we're going to be so happy here. 
Leonora, my sisters are just overexcited now. Everything's so new and strange to them. They'll quiet down. Oh, I certainly hope so, Ellen. You don't like them, do you? I like them? <laughs> well, why, of course, Ellen. No. I could see it in your face. You don't like them. Yes, Maggie? I need a broom. I'm afraid Lucy's using the broom. But I need it. I've got to have a broom. I must have a broom. Why? To tidy up the bank of the river. To clean up the bank. The tide keeps dirty and I must clean it. I must have a broom. Louisa, what are you doing? Burning these letters. Whose letters are they? I don't know. The postman brought them. Oh, they're probably my letters, you wretched creature. Why are you burning them? We came here to get away. People are writing. People are trying to break in on our privacy. We can't let them. We've got to keep people out of our lives. We've got to burn letters and bolt doors. Well, you're all sitting down to dinner already. You can have Lucy's service now. You're not going to eat with us, are you? Why, of course, I always do. Oh, but we haven't had dinner by ourselves for two months. Ellen said we could have a family dinner but tonight. Course, I thought Leonora would eat with us. No, she's not a member of the family. This is a family dinner. Leonora can't eat with us. Louisa, Maggie, listen to me. As I've told you before, this is Leonora's house. Of course she'll you eat never with mind, us. Ellen. Have Lucy bring my dinner to my room. And Ellen, I want to see you up there after dinner. Uh, yes, Ellen, dear. Uh, sit down. I've been wanting to talk to you for some time. Ellen, do you realize I only invited your sisters here for a few weeks? I know. And now we're well into September. They've been here two months. And another thing, I don't think you were quite fair to me. You never told me they were... Well, what they are. I told you they were rather pathetic. Yes, my dear, but pathetic's not next door to insane. They're not insane. It's just that they're... Oh, and actually, you put the best side of the picture forward. They're your own flesh and blood. I know what a burden they must oh, be, no, but... no. They're no burden at all. Besides, what would become of them if I didn't look after them? When my shop failed, I lost their money as well as my own. I owe them everything I can give them. But aren't you forgetting I don't owe them anything? Ellen, I'm trying to tell you as kindly as I can that they've got to go. To go? As quickly as possible. How can I break it? I don't know, I'm sure, but you must do it, Ellen. You've got to get your sisters out of this house tomorrow. Oh, it's you, Ellen. I was sitting here looking out the window for Maggie. What is it, Ellen? You look worried. Oh, Ellen, it's not about our leaving, is it? It's so very nice here. This is what you've always promised us, a little house in the country. Yes, yes, dear, I know. But, Louisa, you forget. It's Miss Bisk's house. Oh, no. You'll never make me believe that. This is yours. Why, look at all those things that were in your shop. That desk, that whatnot. But, darling, can't you understand? Miss Bisk bought them from me when my shop failed. They belong to her now. No, no. 
You're the clever one, Ellen. Oh, Ellen, you won't send us back to Kennington, to those awful ugly streets, to that dark room. Who is it? Nothing to look at from the window. Dear, dear, don't take on so. I won't send you back. Do you mean that? Yes, Louisa. You promised. You can't send us away from here now. You promised. Look, Maggie's back. Let's see what she found on the shore today. I'm so tired, I've walked for miles. That's the worst of the river it leads you on. You always want to go around the next bend. Look at the sticks of driftwood Maggie collected, Ellen. And I'm sure Miss Fisk is very grateful. Is she? She never says anything. Not that I want her, thanks. Here's Leonor. Oh, good heavens, more of those sticks of wood. Yes, I got a nice lot today. I'll put them here by the fireplace. Oh, oh I do wish you wouldn't dump them in the living room and make such a mess. What have you in your apron, Maggie? <laughs> Look at those beautiful shells. Oh, really, <laughs> Ellen, this is too much. My best polished table. Oh, I'm sorry, Leonor. And what's this in the wet seaweed? My soul is a dead bird. Give that to me. It's a lovely thing. It's a fish. Ellen, really do something. Just look at my nice table. It'll take a month's hard polishing to put it right. I'll put it right, Leonora. No, you shan't, Ellen. Let me do it. Let me. I'll polish it every day, all through the winter. Oh, that's very kind of you, Miss Louisa, but I'm afraid you won't be here all through the winter. Oh, but we shall. We shall. Ellen says so. Louisa, that will do. Oh, but you did, Ellen, and you promised. I see my humble little findings are only starting a quarrel. Come, Louisa, we'll go to our room. Yes, Maggie. Ellen, you were to tell your sisters they were to go. I tried. Well, there's a limit to my patience. Well, I don't know where I shall send well, them. Well, where did they live before? With the family that doesn't want them any longer. Oh, I can understand that. Where can I send Why them? Why not to an asylum? Leonor. Why not? Oh. Oh, that's a brutal People who've got all they want never understand how much the smallest thing means to those who haven't. You've got a home. You've got investment. What of it? My sisters and I, we've never had any gentlemen to give us money. Oh, it's hardly my fault, is it? No. But don't you ever feel that you have a special responsibility to women like us? I've had to work for all the money I've ever made. But at least I've kept my self-respect. How dare you? How dare you criticize my life? I suggest you take a month's majors and go. Oh, no, don't say that to me. Don't. I'm absolutely in the wrong. I, I didn't mean that. I I'm so dreadfully sorry. Well, I should hope you are. You're quite right about my sisters. They are peculiar. I don't wonder they get on your nerves. Perhaps they've got on yours, Ellen. Yes. Yes, that's why I said what I did. But you see, I love them. I love them intensely. Just because they are so helpless. Well, nevertheless, oh, I don't... you're quite right, Leonor. They can't stay. They must go. I see that. I'll send them away. Even if it is to an asylum. Even if it is to an asylum. My sisters think they're going for a drive. Before they know where they are, I'll have them whisked into the train. You're taking them directly to the asylum? Oh, well... Oh, I know it's hard, Ellen, darling. But it's the only way, isn't it? Yes. Yes. As long as there's no place 
for them here? Exactly. Well, don't hurry back on my account, though I shall be lonely. I almost wish I hadn't let Lizzie, uh, Lucy go on a holiday. I'll return as soon as I can. Oh, I'll be all right. You know, I think I shall get up a bottle of that champagne Lord Worthington sent me for Christmas. You're going to celebrate my sister's going. I don't mind telling you I am. I certainly am. Ellen, as you told us. Oh, I wish I weren't going for a drive. Do I need to, Ellen? But Louisa, darling, you'll enjoy it. Is Miss Fisk coming too? I hate Miss Fisk with her fancy ways and that red wig of hers. I don't feel like going for a drive. But darlings, what's wrong? Shall I tell her, Maggie? Maggie thinks that you and Miss Fisk are planning to send us back to London. What? That's not true, is it, Ellen? No, no of course it isn't true. Listen, dear. I was going to surprise you, but I won't wait. I have a secret for you. A secret? Oh, really? Ellen, well, I'm going to try to persuade Miss Fisk to sell me this place. Oh, Ellen, that would be perfect. Supposing Miss Fisk wants too much money for us. I'm prepared to pay quite a big price. Oh, I'm so excited, Ellen. Now, look, my darling. Here's a bite. I want you to put your hands on it and swear on Father's memory. You'll never repeat what I've told you about buying this house. As long as you live. I promise. I promise. Remember this moment. Always remember that you've promised on a Bible. We'll remember. Now, let's go for the drive. I should think you'd want to talk to Miss Fisk right away instead of riding with her. I do. I'm only going with you as far as the Priory. Miss Fisk expects me to go for the drive and anyhow... I want to get Sister Therese on my side. She has great influence on Miss Fisk. And then you'll come back here. Yes. And talk to Miss Fisk. Oh, isn't it wonderful? We'll come back from the drive and find Miss Ellen's house and Miss Fisk's gone. something. Why are you staring me like that? Ellen. Ellen, for the sake of God, no. I can't help it, Leonora. I have to do this. Oh, God, Ellen, you're, you're hurting me. Don't. You're hurting me. Don't. I just, I Listening to Ladies in Retirement, produced by the Theatre Guild on the Air and presented by the United States Steel Corporation. And here speaking for United States Steel is George Hicks. Good evening. 
During the past week, I read a short but extremely interesting book. You won't find it on any list of fiction or nonfiction bestsellers, but copies have already gone to over a quarter million eager readers. I'm talking about United States Steel's annual report, which is mailed to the corporation's 225,000 stockholding owners and is freely available to all of United States Steel's great family of over 275,000 workers and to the public as well. In this 36-page report, well illustrated with excellent photographs, United States Steel tells the story of its operations and policies during the difficult reconversion year of 1946. Stockholders are shown with clearly presented facts and figures just how their invested savings were managed in terms of the corporation's receipts, expenses, and net earnings. In other words, this annual report puts all the cards right out on the table in true American style, and does the job with clarity, brevity, and simplicity. It tells of the corporation's activities in research and technology, in the improvement of facilities, and in sales and distribution. It outlines 1946 development in such matters as company pensions and group insurance, veterans back at work, including those physically disabled, and United States Steel's nationally famous safety and employee training programs. Yes, uh, these and every other important phase of United States Steel's 1946 operations are covered in the report. I wish I could tell you more about each of them, but time says no. Instead, I'd like to read you just one paragraph. I believe it expresses very clearly the spirit of the entire report and of the United States Steel Corporation. It reads, United States Steel conformed its activities to the needs of the nation during days of war, and it now pledges anew the maximum use of its resources to help America develop and prosper during, during what it hopes may be a lasting period of peace. U.S. Steel, in the discharge of its great responsibility to its stockholders, its employees, and the public, recognizes that U.S. Steel prospers only as the nation prospers. We pause now for station identification. Your station is KECA Los Angeles. You are listening to the Theater Guild on the Air, presented by the industrial family that serves the nation, United States Steel. Now the curtain rises on the second act of Ladies in Retirement, starring Faye Bainter as Ellen Creed and featuring Estelle Winwood as Louisa Creed, Mildred Dunnock as Maggie Creed, and Jack Meredale as Albert Feather. Rainy night of the Thames Marshes, 1885. The house that people now say is haunted stood lonely in the darkness. But its windows cast feeble yellow glows on a young man fleeing through wind and rain to reach the house. Let me in. Who is it? It's Albert Feather. Let me in. You again? Whatever are you doing here on such a night? Came for a glimpse of you, Lucy, my pet. I say, you have blossomed out since I was here last. Quite the young lady, aren't you? I can't say you've changed. You precious saint. <laughs> I'm just as wet. Who 
is it, Lucy? Aunt Maggie. Don't you know me? It's your nephew, Albert. Albert? Why, so it is. Louisa, come in. Albert's here, Rose's boy. We haven't seen you for ages. Aunt Louisa, come on, give us a hug. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Albert, take away my dress. My goodness, you're dripping. Give me your ulster. I'll put it out in the kitchen. All right, thank you, Lucy. Well, well, me hearty, so you're still here. Where's Ellen? She's gone to the priory with one of the nuns. <laughs> Don't tell me Auntie Ellen's taking the veil. Oh, goodness, no, Albert. Sit down by the fire, Albert. And take off your boots. What I really need is a spot to warm me in it, Auntie. Don't I see a bottle over there on the sideboard? I'll get it for you, Albert. And here's a glass, Albert. Cognac, 1830. I say, you are a bunch of swells. Oh, this is fun. All our family under one roof. And Ellen's roof, too. What did you say, Louisa? Yes, yes, Albert. Ellen's bought the house. Maggie. Oh, I forgot. Ellen made us promise never to tell. Maggie. We swore on the Bible, Albert. You won't tell Ellen, will you? Me tell? Oh, never. But why should Ellen want it kept a secret? Oh, I don't know. It was all done in such a hurry. Louisa and I were sent out for a long drive, and when we came back, Ellen had the house, and Miss Fisk had gone. You don't say. Well, it's so much nicer here without Miss Fisk. We hated her. Ellen, Ellen, look who's with us. Hello, Aunt Ellen. Albert, what are you doing here? Bad penny, Aunt Ellen. Well, aren't you glad to see me? Of course. Can you put me up for the night? You'll have to shake down here on the sofa. We've not much room. Couldn't Albert have Miss Fisk's old room, Ellen? No. Nobody can use that room. Well, it's all the same to me. You must be very anxious to stay here if you're willing to sleep on a sofa. Yes, I am, Auntie. But I wonder why I can't have Miss Fisk's old room. Because she may be back any day. Really? By Jove, this is rattling good brandy. Well, here's to absent friends, eh, Aunt Ellen? Louisa, Maggie. Yes? What is it? It's past your bedtime. No. But Albert's just come. I want to speak to Albert alone. Go to bed, please. But, Ellen. At once, please. All right. Good night, Albert. Good night, Albert. Tomorrow you can help me clean up the bank of the river. Great fun. Good night, Auntie. Balmy. Still balmy. Why did you say what you did about Leonora Fisk's room, Albert? I just thought you might have been a bit more hospitable, Auntie. You might have let me use the old girl's room. Where is she, by the way? Away. For long? I'm not sure. Oh, I hope it's for long. Why? I'm going to have to stay here. Oh, no. Oh, yes, Auntie. You're in trouble again, aren't you? Yes. What have you done? Let's say I overdrew on my salary. Oh, Albert, how could you? Unfortunately, the authorities found out. They've set the police on me. They'll follow you. They'll come here. Oh, not likely. I felt safe once I got in the marshes. This might be the edge of the world. The police are bound to set up a search. I'm not worried. A person could stay here undercover for a life. Oh, Albert, you sound so horribly callous. You've told me the worst, haven't you? There isn't anything else. What else? Well, there are worse things than stealing. You mean murder? <laughs> oh, no, Auntie, I'd be scared. That calls for real nerve. Yes, I suppose it does. Auntie, you will be a good sort and let me hide here, won't you, till this little to-do blows over? No. Oh, yes, Auntie. I'm staying here whether you like it or not. Help! What are you up to, Albert? 
Albert? Quiet, Lucy. I thought everyone in this old lady's home was asleep by now. Lucky for you, it was me and not your auntie caught you. Caught me? Fooling about with Miss Fisk's face. I was merely trying some keys on the padlock. Keys are a hobby of mine, you might say. I've a notion to tell on you. You won't. Because I'd slit your pretty white throat, Ducky. And it is a pretty white throat in that nightmare. Lucy, give us a kiss. No. You better make the best of me while you can. I may be going abroad shortly. Where are you going? Australia, probably, or India. Oh, I should like to see India. Well, if you're nice to me, I'll see if I can't find you a cozy little corner down under the ship's boilers. It might help melt you. It'd take more than boilers to do that. You won't say that after I've kissed you. Oh, but you <laughs> You little devil. Pretending all the time you were an iceberg. I oughtn't to let you. It's not proper. And what do you think lips were made for? Leading respectable girls astray. Yours were. Well, now that we know each other better, I'll make a little confession, Lucy. I was up to something with this safe. Oh, that's how you expect to get to Australia. I don't intend to walk on the water. Look, Lucy, be useful. Hold this candle so I can see how to open the lock. You wouldn't mind the feel of some of Miss Fisk's jewels around your neck, would you? <laughs> A nice pair of earrings might take you and me out to India. You'd tempt old Nick himself, you would. Oh, you might do a lot worse than join forces with me. Watch me now. Here you are, clever with your fingers. Ah, this key turns on the lock as nice as you please. Hold the candle closer. Closer. Hmm? Here we are. Well, I'll be blowed. It's been bricked up. The oven's been bricked up. So it has. Well, I'll be blowed. What is it, Lucy? What are you so excited about this beautiful Sabbath morning? Look what I just found while I was dusting Miss Fisk's room. Whatever is it? Her best wig. It was upstairs in a drawer. Now, why should she go away wearing her old wig? Mm, search me. After last night, that's not all I want to know around here. Come on, let's go up and see what clothes she took. Not now. Your aunt will be back from church. Well, sometime soon, we're going over Miss Fisk's room with a fine-tooth comb. Who's that? Don't open the door. Ah, oh, it's only the postman, silly. Look, he put a letter under the door. Oh, it's for Miss Fisk. From a London bank. I'll give it to Aunt Ellen. Albert, why were you so scared when you heard that whistle? Oh, I didn't know you had a Sunday post, that's all. I believe you're hiding from the police. Well, you wouldn't think any the less of me, would you? Would you, my pet? <laughs> oh, well, but you stop. Your aunts will be back from church in no time, and, and dinner won't be ready for them. Half a moment, Lucy. I've been examining this old bake oven by daylight. When did you last see it used as a safe? Before I left on the holiday. Miss Fisk gave me my money out of it. When I came back, she'd gone. Maybe she was afraid to trust even your aunt and bricked it up herself. Is there a flue from in there to the main chimney? Of course not, stupid. So it won't do you any good to be up on the roof with a fishing line. It's all airtight in there. They're coming. You'd better get back into the kitchen. But I do wish you'd wakened up in time to go to church with us. Well, aunties, did you have a nice pray? There's no need to be facetious, Albert. It would have done you good to come, too. It was so exciting, the minister was telling us all about hellfire. I don't hold with these preachers. After all, if there is such a place, no one's ever come back from it. So where do they get all their geographical details? Hell's like the kingdom of heaven. It's within. Aunt Ellen, what's an innocent old cup of tea like you ever done to know about hell? But Albert Ellen's clever. 
her. She knows all sorts of things. She may even know about hell, too. You don't say. We'll have to christen her Hellfire Ellen. <laughs> Hellfire Ellen. Hellfire Ellen. Albert, <laughs> you do say such lovely things. Hellfire Ellen. Stop it. Stop it, I say. Albert, I won't have you talking like this in my house on Sunday. Sorry, Auntie. Go upstairs, my darling. Get your things off. It'll soon be time for dinner. Yes, Ellen. Come on, Maggie. We'll have a game of dominoes. Why do you persist in exciting them this way, Albert? I was only trying to joke, Auntie. Uh, by the way, here's a letter for Miss Fisk. I suppose it wants readdressed. No. I'll open it. I'm taking care of everything for her while she's away. Is that so? No bad news, I hope. No. But it's rather urgent. I must answer it at once. Well, sit right down here at your writing desk. I'll take it down to the box when you finish. No. No, Albert. I'll take it. Whatever you say, Auntie. Don't play that song! Sorry, Auntie. Lucy, in here. I ought to be basting the roast for dinner, Albert. Never mind that. Give me your little hand mirror. Here you are. Well, what are you doing? I want to find out what reply the old girl's been writing to the bank. Some of it's here on the blotter, see? Uh -huh. Only the other way about. Now, just hold the mirror here. <gasps> Hello, Aunt Maggie. Albert, whatever are you doing? Me? I'm showing Lucy a little parlor trick, you might say. Can I watch? I love parlor magic. Another time, Auntie. After dinner, perhaps. Uh, why don't you go and set the table? How about it, me old sugar plum? For me? Why, of course, Albert. The silly old thing didn't see anything. Here, Lucy, hold up the mirror. We'll try again. Owing to a sprained wrist may account for discrepancy in handwriting. Signed, Leonora Fisk. Leonora Fisk. Your aunt signed Miss Fisk's name. There it is, my pet. Oh, there'll be the dickens to pay when Miss Fisk comes back. I suppose she isn't coming back. I suppose she's died on her holiday. Miss Fisk dead? And supposing Aunt Ellen is imitating her handwriting in order to tap the fun. Now, but here she comes. Put the blotter back quick. Hello, Aunt Ellen. Hello, Albert. Oh, you're here, Ellen. I've been setting the table. Dinner's almost ready. Oh, in that case, I'll pop upstairs for a wash-up. Ellen, Albert's promised to show me a parlor trip. What? He was performing a trick at your writing desk for Lucy with that blotter and a mirror. With my blotter? He was holding it up to the mirror and reading something, oh. I think. Albert's so good at tricks, isn't he? He should have been a magician. Yes. He's good at tricks. Maybe he's so good that... Maggie, I'm going up to London tomorrow. Fifteen two, fifteen four, fifteen six, and a pair's eight. That does it. Oh, Albert, you've won again. You won last night, too. I think you cheat, Albert. Me? Cheat? Of course not, me old Bell of Bow. Wanna have another try? Oh, here's Ellen. Hello, Ellen. Hello, Auntie. Did you have a good trip? It was bitterly cold. My darlings, what are you doing up? Oh, don't scold us, Ellen. We played cribbage again with Albert. We've had such fun. Do you know what Albert's called me, Ellen? 
The old bell of bow. I want you to go to bed at once. <laughs> Come on, old bell of bow. When will you pay me, said the old bell of Bailey. I do not know, said the old bell of bow. Here comes the chopper to chop off your head. Chop, 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 chop. chop. <laughs> Stop that, I tell you. Oh, fine way to treat the old girls. Uh, nerves getting the better of you, Auntie? I may as well tell you straight out, Albert. I went to the shipping company in London today. I bought your passage to Canada. But I thought we'd agreed. I was to lie low till the trouble blows over. I've changed my mind. You play the fool with Louisa and Maggie so much that you'll have them chattering about your being here. The wrong sort of word to the tradesman. We shall have the police down on us. Can't you think of a better excuse, Auntie? You forget Maggie goes for long walks. Then there's Lucy. She's even more dangerous than your aunt. Lucy? <laughs> she won't give me away. I've watched your whispering together. I've noticed the way you look her up and down. I'm not going to have that in my house. Why, Auntie, we're as pure as the driven snow. Nevertheless, you're getting out of this house tomorrow. Bates will drive you up to Maidstone. Then you make your way across country by coach to Southampton. There's a boat leaving for Quebec on Friday. Well, I don't know why you're suddenly so down on me. You've demoralized my whole household a few days you've been here. You've nosed about and spied on everyone. If I hadn't put my cash box in a very secure place, I'm quite sure your light fingers would have found a way to it. And I'm saying this to my own dead sister's son. I'll tell you what I think of your reasons for wanting me out of this house. Pure bunkum. What do you mean? There's another you haven't mentioned, isn't there? A sounder one. Yes, there is. Ah, now we're getting down to brass tacks. It's about Miss Fisk, isn't it? Yes, it is. I met her in town today. She's coming back. You met her in town, you say? Yes. I had to take her some money. You took her some money? Why do you doubt that, Alfred? Because you took the trouble to read on my blotter that I was handling her affairs at the bank. Oh, that. I was only showing Lucy a trick. Well, you can stop playing Scotland Yard now. I've only deceived you in one thing, Albert. This isn't my house. It's her house. There's never been any question of Leonora not coming back. Well, if she's coming back, there's nothing for it, I suppose. But, Auntie... Yes? I had a queer dream last night. What was it? I dreamt that Miss Fisk was dead. Good night, Auntie. Sleep tight. Lucy, are you awake? Albert, you shouldn't come here to my room. It's too risky. It's after midnight. The house is dead as a tomb. Besides, we've got to talk. Aunt Ellen's planning to ship me off to Canada in the morning. Oh, no, Albert, you can't leave me. I love you. I won't have to leave you if you look sharp and help me. You mean with that scheme you told me about? Yes. We've got to try it tonight. Where is Miss Fisk's dress and her red wig? Yeah, I... I'll hop out of bed and slip the dress on over your nightgown. I want to see how you look. I, I don't like this at all, Albert. None of that. Now, hold up your arms. There, mm -hmm. there. And, and here's the old girl's wig. Now, put that on. Uh -huh. uh, Let's have a look at you. Perfect. What if Miss Creed recognizes me? Oh, I'll take the blame. I'll say it was just a practical joke. Well, come along to the living room. Let's get it over with. Already, Lucy. It's now or never. Yes, Albert. How do I look? In this 
moonlight, you're a dead ringer for Miss Fisk. Oh, it fair gives me the creeps. Never mind. Listen, I'm going to play Tit Willow to bring Aunt Ellen out of her room. As soon as we hear her door open, I'll stop and you slip onto the piano stool. Mm-hmm. When she gets to the foot of the stairs, all you have to do is to call Ellen. Go on, try it. Oh, I can't. You can if you love me. Come on now, say it. Ellen, in a spooky voice. Ellen. That's it. You watch. We'll get the goods on the old girl. Well, here goes. Now, quick, take my place. Albert. Albert. Was that you? I wasn't asleep. I know I heard that horrible song. Oh, dear God. I must really be going mad. Oh, Oh, Albert, Albert, she's fainted. What have we done? We've proven, Lucy, that my dear auntie believes in ghosts. Retirement produced by the Theatre Guild on the air and presented by the United States Steel Corporation. And here again, speaking for United States Steel, is George Hicks. The annual report of United States Steel, of which I spoke a few minutes ago, gives a brief account of the many jobs done by the industrial family that serves the nation. The hundreds of different steels and steel products for every American industry, the ships, cement, transportation, bridges, buildings, farm products, the thousands of things which United States Steel makes and does. And one section of the report interested me very much because it dealt with the people who accomplish all those things, the 275,000 employees of United States Steel. Today, one out of every four of them is a veteran. Among all the workers, United States Steel's training program has been continued vigorously, educating men to do better jobs and fitting them for higher and more responsible positions. During the year, more than 1,800 employees retired on pensions. Their average length of service with the United States Steel was 36 years. And during the year, more than 85% of all the employees were insured under the Employees Group Life Insurance Plan for almost $700 million. As for pay, the average hourly earnings of wage employees in U.S. Steel steel manufacturing operations compared with the average hourly earnings of workers in other industries shows that United States Steel's workers are among the highest paid in American industry. According to figures published by the Government Bureau of Labor Statistics, the average hourly earnings of these U.S. steel workers in September 1946, the most recent month compiled, were 19.5% higher than the average hourly earnings of workers in all manufacturing industries. These are a few of the facts about the employees of United States Steel. And they indicate that United States Steel is doing its best to fulfill its responsibility to its employees. Fulfilling its responsibility to all three groups, the employees, the stockholders, and the public. 
is the major job of the industrial family that serves the nation, United States Steel. You are listening to the Theater Guild on the Air, presented by the United States Steel Corporation. And now the curtain rises on the third act of Ladies in Retirement, starring Faye Bainter and featuring Estelle Winwood, Mildred Dunnock, and Jack Merrivale. Eighteen eighty five, morning in the Thames marshes. In the house the people now say is haunted, it was quiet. Upstairs, Ellen Creed kept to her room. Albert was nowhere about. Only in the dining room was their life. There, the two strange sisters were finishing breakfast. Will you have more tea, Louisa? No, thank you, Maggie. Maggie, I'm worried about Ellen. She hasn't come down to breakfast. I don't think Ellen feels well this morning, Louisa. I was so frightened about her last night. It wasn't like Ellen to faint. I think she was walking in her sleep. I've heard her go downstairs other nights. I think her thoughts are Miss Fisk are at the back of it. Yes, Miss Fisk. She's behind everything in this house, isn't she? Do you know, Maggie, I'm sometimes afraid that Miss Fisk will get the better of Ellen. I sometimes think she wants to come back here and turn us out. I think Ellen's deceiving us. I think Miss Fisk's here now. Oh. Oh, Maggie, why do you say that? Didn't you hear the piano last night? That was Miss Fisk. You heard it too. I heard it. I thought it was a dream in my head. Hello, darling. Oh, it's Ellen. You've come down. Do you think you're well enough, dear? You ought to have a doctor, Ellen. A doctor couldn't do any good. But it's nothing. Could I bring you some breakfast, Miss Creed? No, thank you, Lucy. We've had ours, Ellen. And I'm going over to the parlor to feed the jackdaws. Oh, Maggie, I should like to do that, too. They won't come if you're the ladies. You're all chatter, chatter, chatter. Take her with you, please, Maggie. Oh, all right, Louisa, come along. Chatter, chatter, chatter. I'm sorry you had such a spell last night, Miss Creed. Oh, good morning, Aunt Ellen. Didn't expect you down on today. You still look a bit pale about the gills. You may go, Lucy. I'd like to speak to Albert alone. Yes, Miss. Well, are you all ready to leave, Albert? Bates will be here shortly. Oh, that was a queer turn you had last night, Auntie, and no mistake. I must have had some kind of nervous seizure. I haven't been sleeping. I sleep like a top. I expect you'd say that's because I haven't got a conscience to worry me. Do you imagine my not sleeping has anything to do with, with conscience? Hasn't it? What's behind that remark? Perhaps I'd better explain something. While you were away last June fetching your sisters, I called here, and I met Miss Fisk. You met her? She was very kind to me. I quite took to her. I was a bit short at the time, and she lent me some of the needful out of the tin box in her safe in the bake oven. The one that's bricked up now. It was you last night. I played Miss Fisk's little tune. It was Lucy that did the masquerade. And I gave you sanctuary. Get out! Not so fast, Mr. Get out, I say. You wouldn't like me to suggest to the police that they come and do a bit of renovating to your chimney piece, would you? Or that the head that wore the red wig hasn't any more use for it? You know 
everything, my dear auntie. What do you want of me? You know, auntie, I've always had a fancy to, to settle in the country, in a nice, quiet place, like this is, for instance. You... Oh, I wouldn't turn you out. You and the other two old canary birds could stay on. I could keep an eye on things. Oh, I'm good at keeping some secrets. We shall be a very happy little family here. So you've decided it's safer to be a blackmailer than a thief. They're both safer than being a... But don't let's call each other nasty names, Auntie. That won't get us anywhere. You surely don't think I'd let you go on living here with me? <laughs> it doesn't seem to me that there's much you can do about it. There are more ways than one of getting rid of you. You wouldn't dare. Not, not a second time. What makes you so sure? You've a good appetite, haven't you, Albert? And you'd hardly be likely to enjoy your meals if you thought that I am I. Do you think I'm going to let a little thing like you stand in my way? I think you know why I, I did what I did. I did it to secure for my poor sisters a little of what the world owes them. They're all I have. They're my children. They were left in my care. I think you know what I've suffered. You've seen me in torment. You've helped to torture me. But don't think I'm going to hand over what I've taken to a little snapper who's repaid my kindness with cheap treachery. It takes a lot of courage to kill for the first time. But I warn you, Albert. It's much easier the second time. Who is it? It's Sister Teresa. May I come in? Come in, Sister Teresa. Please, please. We've had a call at the Priory from the police. They've driven over from Gravesend. The police? Yes, they talked to the Reverend Mother. She tells me they're looking for a young man who's supposed to have taken money from a bank. He's been traced to the marshes. I thought I'd better warn you that there's a desperate character all around. Didn't they ask about the houses around here? Why, of course. Uh, this house? I suppose so. Uh, did the Reverend Mother know I was here? What do you mean? Albert means he wonders whether the police will come here to question him. I, I don't suppose so. The Reverend Mother doesn't know that you're here, Albert. She sent them to Raymond's farm. But why should you worry about the police questioning you? <laughs> oh, it's just that I'm leaving today. I, I wouldn't want them to think I was running away. You're leaving today? Yes. And I'd better hurry or I'll miss that boat. You were going to give me some ca cash, Aunt Ellen. Yes. You can take the purse from my desk. You'll find the ticket in there, too. Thanks. Goodbye. Uh, good goodbye, sister. And uh, Aunt Ellen, in. Uh, uh, tell Lucy. They'll catch him. What did you say, Sister Teresa? I said they'll catch him. Don't you think I could tell when he talked that way that, that he was the one they're looking for? You're right. He is. I'm so sorry for you, Miss Creed. But there was no point in your helping him postpone his punishment. No. That's true. When one has sinned deeply, postponement can be death. Yes. Death in life. Well, I must get back. Goodbye. Goodbye, my sister. Death. In life. Oh, Leonor. Leonor. Oh. oh, it's you, Lucy. Where's Albert? Albert's gone, Lucy. Gone? He can't, is he? Albert was forced to, to run away. The authorities are already searching Raymond's farm. You set the police on him? You were afraid he'd tell on you for what you did to Miss Fisk? You killed her, I know. I was listening when you told Albert, and now you got rid of him. Lucy, my poor child. No, 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 dear me, keep away. 
You're not going to get your murdering hands on me. But Lucy, come here. I'll... Lucy, Lucy, come back. I had no thought of harming you. morning, Ellen. It's quite warm out. You wouldn't think it was November. Why, Ellen, you have your cloak and bonnet on. Where are you going, Ellen? Oh. Oh. As we were coming up the lane, we met Lucy. She was running so fast, we thought something was wrong. We thought she was coming for us. But she climbed over the stile and ran down the path toward that farm on the marsh. What's it called, Maggie? I told you, Raymond's Farm. Raymond's Farm. That's right, Maggie. That's where I'm going. Where are you going there, Ellen? There are some gentlemen there from Gravesend. I want to see them. I have something to tell them. You won't bring them here, will you, Ellen? No, dear. I'll try not to bring them here. It's so nice and peaceful here by ourselves. You've been happy here, haven't you? Oh, yes. We're happy, Ellen, aren't we, Maggie? It's much better than London, sir. And it's so good of you, Ellen, to have bought this house for us. You have been clever. Goodbye, my darling. How long will you be? I may be quite a time. Quite a long time. But you'll be all right. Well, don't worry about us, Ellen. We can look after ourselves. Oh, yes, Ellen. We can look after ourselves. Goodbye, my darling. My poor, dear darling. I love you. Curtain has fallen on the Theatre Guild on the Air production of Ladies in Retirement by Edward Percy and Reginald Denham. Sponsored by the United States Steel Corporation. Starring Faye Bainter as Ellen Creed and featuring Estelle Winwood as Louisa Creed, Mildred Dunnock as Maggie Creed, and Jack Merivale as Albert Feather. Other members of our cast included Josephine Brown as Lenora Fisk, Elizabeth Eustace as Lucy, and Agnes Young as Sister Teresa. And now, here is Roland Winters with a word about next week's play. Next week, the Theatre Guild on the Air is honored to present the distinguished star of stage and screen, Ingrid Bergman, in Noel Coward's Still Life, the moving drama on which is based the highly successful motion picture, Brief Encounter. Featured with Ingrid Bergman are Sam Wanamaker and Romney Brent, who also appear with her in her current Broadway success, Joan of Lorraine. Do not miss the Theatre Guild on the Air next week, when we present Ingrid Bergman in Still Life. Remember, next week, Still Life, starring Ingrid Bergman. And remember, too, that the trademark of United States Steel, USS, 
On any steel product is your guide to quality steel. The Theatre Guild on the Air is under the supervision of Teresa Halburn and Lawrence Langner, with Homer Thicket Director, Carol Irwin Production Executive, and Armina Marshall Executive Director of the Radio Department. Music was composed and conducted by Harry Levy, and the play adapted for radio by Robert Senandella. Your announcer is Norman Brokenshire. The United States Steel Corporation hopes that you'll be with us next Sunday at this same time. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. You can find more from the Relic Radio Show at relicradio.com. All the podcasts are there. Our shoutcast stream is there. Lots to listen to, all for free, thanks to your support. If you'd like to help out, visit donate.relicradio.com or click on one of the links on the website. We've got some downloadable sets for certain donation amounts, though any amount is always appreciated and helpful. Thank you again to those who have helped out. Thanks for joining me this week. Be back next Tuesday with another episode of the Relic Radio Show.